So what if instead of focusing on trying to figure out alcohol, you tried to figure out yourself. You learned how to do all of the things that you think alcohol is doing for you, but better. You tapped into really understanding what the messages from your body meant and how to use your emotions to your advantage and how to really expand your desires to get what it is you finally really want and have real, lasting, sustainable pleasure. That is possible for you, and it is all available to you in the self-study course, The Naturally Sober Woman. It is everything that I teach my one-on-one clients, but it is compact for you, lifetime access on demand at a super affordable price available to you right now. You're going to go to my website, marywagstaffcoach.com, right there. It'll say self-study course or follow the link in the show notes right here. Get in there. One short video, just the welcome ceremony. There's a commence, a beautiful commencement ceremony that really anchors you into your intention for wanting to make this change into your life will change your life forever. It'll put you on a trajectory of new possibility because the bigger your desire is, the easier it's going to be to say goodbye to alcohol. So go on over to my website, get inside of the Naturally Sober Woman, and I will see you in there. Welcome, welcome. My name is Mary Wagstaff. I am a holistic alcohol coach who ended a 20-year relationship to alcohol without labels, counting days, or ever making excuses. Now I help women just like you from around the world do the same with my one-on-one private coaching program. In this podcast, we will explore my revolutionary approach to getting alcohol out of your way that breaks all the rules, life-enhancing tools that make not drinking exciting and joyful, and the profound and sacred journey that it is to rediscover who you are on the other side of alcohol. This show is not a substitution for rehabilitation, medical treatment, or advice, so please talk to a medical professional if your alcohol consumption is at risk to your mental or physical health. Now on with the show. Welcome back to the show, my beautiful listeners. It's Mary Wagstaff. If you're listening to this in real time, are you enjoying this season or what? If there was anything in the external world that could be a useful tool to help you change your relationship to alcohol, it would be the beginning of the change of the seasons, especially fall. It is really an opportunity to delight in the senses in so many ways. Um, And this is really one way to create steady states of dopamine, which is something that we kind of stop practicing. We've stopped practicing in our modern world is contentment, satisfaction, and, you know, the power of the present moment. Really, we're constantly basing our future on our past, and then we miss out on the present, 
which is, you know, kind of why we work towards achievement of anything. And then we get there only to want to try to change it, which is really what alcohol is doing. So delight in your senses, the, the smells, right. Are so much different there. Things are starting to kind of decay and, um, you know, there's more moisture in the air, especially if you're here in the Northern hemisphere, if you're in the Southern hemisphere, things are coming alive and blooming and getting warmer. Um, so it's just such a nice time. So much of the time it's through our senses that we create problems. So we can look for solutions also through our senses. It's so interesting how some of our greatest blessings in life become our greatest problems as well. And when we notice that we're complaining the most about the things that we so dearly wanted in our life, it's just really an opportunity to become more aware and check in with yourself and even see if you can use one of your other senses more than your eyesight. Seeing and vision is really what creates a lot of our our thinking. Um, So if we can be present with sound or with feeling, um, with touch or smell, we um, will have a different experience. It's really a fascinating uh, way to experience your life. So I just wanted to give a quick shout out to my clients. You guys are amazing. And, you know, past, present, and future, you are always my clients. I just want you to think if you're listening to this, and even for those of you who have been listening for a long time, I really consider you one of my clients as well because you're here and you're in my sphere. Think about not having to set the intention on New Year's to drink less, to be more mindful of your drinking. This year, I'm deciding to to quit drinking, right? Think about the fact that you don't have to do that, that even though it's always a choice and there will still be thoughts that will linger for a while until you've really overcome every obstacle and challenging circumstance in your brain, you'll have some thoughts lingering around. But the emotional freedom of not having to decide is the gift that keeps on giving. When alcohol is no longer the front and center choice that you're making on a daily basis, that thing that's taking up so much of your mental space, Um, you know, even if it's not causing you a lot of downward spiral type of problems, right? It's taking up a lot of room in your brain, which is limiting what's possible for you just through experience, right? The, the elimination alone of just the, the mental conflict is a, is the goal, right? Is enough to, to be able to find more joy in your life, to end that kind of really persistent conversation that you're having. And it does go away really is enough to commit to doing this work. I was just having a conversation with someone about 
you know, when we tell ourselves that it's not working or it's taking too long, where do those thoughts come from? Who decides what that looks like? The spectrum of alcohol dependency and habits is vast and wide. And we all come at life and problems and solutions and even the unintentional habit that you formed around alcohol from so many different places that to sell yourself short because it didn't happen the day that you said it was going to is really a disservice to your life. And you know, as cliche as it is, it's truly the journey of learning how to redefine your life without alcohol being so interwoven to it that creates a quality of living that will sustain your satisfaction for the rest of your life. So this work that my clients have undertaken, and you know, you're doing the work right now by being here and starting really examining just your thinking, be becoming aware of what, why, why am I drinking? What is it about this situation that needs to change? If I just want more, what does it feel like in my body if I don't have that next drink, if I don't click on that next YouTube video, right? Now, with alcohol, kind of cutting back to moderation is, I will say, more challenging with drugs, with substances than other other types of addictions because not that your inhibitions aren't lowered when you start, you know, engaging in, you know, we'll say overeating or pornography or, you know, video gaming. However, the alcohol itself, we lose so much functioning of our higher capacities of thinking, um, and that that is why stopping at one really becomes a challenge. Um, and if you really never get to the root of moving through these habitual urges, right, being able to do the thing that you're doing when you have the urge, if you never get to the point where you don't have the urge, then you're always going to be having to maintain it, right? Your moderation is also going to be taking up some of that, what could be emotional freedom. So we're getting to the end of the year and I'm just so excited about the work that I've done this year. And I'm so thrilled to be able to offer more availability next year. So if you're really interested in diving into this work in 2022, you don't have to wait till 2022. You can start now and sign up to get on the list and save your space because there's only a few of them. And it's going to be banging, right? We're going to be doing this work, diving in and feeling that satisfaction of life that is slowly slipping away from, from us. And that was what I wanted to talk about today is quitting drinking by finding your purpose. This is kind of a big thing, you know, out in the self-help industry these days of live your purpose, live your dreams, right? And 
not knowing what that is can be really upsetting and, you know, thinking that you're not living your purpose. And so we really have to define what does my purpose really mean, right? Because purpose is a dopamine driver. So if you define purpose from something different. It doesn't have to be like, oh, this is the exact match for me, right? And even then, it doesn't guarantee that there will be unhappiness, that there can be dissatisfaction because you meet your purpose and you you find this, this task to do in life, say, right? Whether it's coaching people on their relationships with alcohol or being a full-time stay-at-home mom or being a teacher or whatever it is, um, or being in customer service and serving the community and the public, whatever it is, you have skills that match who you are innately, right? Your job matches up in some ways with things that come naturally to you, right? But it doesn't mean that it's always going to be sunshine and roses just because this thing you have some passion about and really does match up with with your skill set, right? So it's the how you do what you do that defines your purpose. And that can be done with anything. So purpose is a dopamine driver. And dopamine is the neurotransmitter in our brain I won't get too much into the science that drives everything we do. Movement, but also seeking pleasure and avoiding pain. So we want more booze because we are avoiding the inevitable dip that goes below what is our dopamine baseline. So you always have like this baseline of dopamine, which keeps us just like getting up and functioning, right? Now, some people can stay in a lower dopamine baseline or they're always kind of messing with their levels. And the higher you go with dopamine, the lower you fall, right? So that's besides the hangover, right? With alcohol, what's happening is you have a baseline, like say you're at work and you complete the day at work and then you start anticipating a drink, right? And then so the the anticipation and the pursuit of the drink starts to get your dopamine up higher, higher, higher. You have that drink and then that alcohol triggers another dopamine response, right? So the reason you keep drinking is because if you don't, you're going to dip whoosh, below your baseline, right? Way down underneath and that will that will create sensations of discomfort or what your brain is interpreting as pain and a threat, right? But what we know is you won't die if you do that. So instead of, you know, just focusing on coming back into the body, back into the present moment, back into the pursuit of the things that aren't taken away from you with that pursuit of alcohol, say, you're still hanging out with your friends, you're still enjoying a nice meal, right? And those things can still be pleasurable if you if you consciously choose to focus on them. Now all your brain can focus on is the next drink or the lack of that drink, right? So you can stabilize some of your dopamine by switching what you're focusing on because then that's going to create a different emotion. 
but it takes more effort than just not drinking at all, which then stabilizes your, your baseline dopamine, right? So you can still have the pursuit of that Friday evening, going out with friends, having a nice meal, you know, where, where myself and my clients now, they're not having that that pursuit of dopamine, that pursuit of alcohol increase in dopamine. And, but they're, they're just excited, right? But it's not getting to that point where afterwards they dip below their baseline. So that steady, sustained pleasure is, is just longer lasting, right? And so you kind of are up on this like natural high for longer than those big spikes, now, the other way to, to pursue this is just to know as you're anticipating anything, you can just be in the pleasure of the pursuit, right? Because you know, wow, planning this wedding, planning this vacation is really, I'm like getting super pumped. It's awesome. Now I want to stay with that intention because if I have these big expectations, it's going to be way better than it feels now to even plan it. I'm going to go down below the baseline of dopamine also. So you have to intentionally pursue the end result with your intention. So you get to, and I've talked about this before, so you get to the vacation and you're like, I'm just glad that we're all here and we're healthy, right? And there's sunshine or, um, you know, after a wedding, right? It's like you have the wedding and then there's this little dip down, right? Or even a big dip, um, And this happens with a lot of things, but if you know that, then you can anticipate it. It happens with, um, in a, with different chemicals. And I do believe that dopamine is involved in estrogen production, but it does happen with a female hormone cycle, monthly cycle too, right? So it's, again, if you can have the knowledge and you place it, and I've talked about cycles and rhythms before, you can have that natural incline where your estrogen levels are hot, higher and you know you're you're feeling you're in pursuit of a thing so your dopamine levels are naturally increasing also because that supports dopamine well then after that kind of ovulatory phase things start to go down a little bit but then the progesterone creeps up progesterone creeps up and the estrogen falls dramatically And just to have that awareness, I can't tell you just having that awareness and writing it down and saying, oh yeah, this is that time. This is the day 21 and 22. I know I'm going to be a little bit lower. I'm not, I'm just going to take it easy, right? I'm not going to worry about the laundry this week. I'm not going to worry about making sure that Emmett gets to the pool or whatever. I'm just going to chill for these couple days and not add fuel to the fire, then it completely changes the way that in which you're thinking about it. And, and then you can tap more into the, some of the, the subtle or sensitivity. So maybe I, you know, snuggle more. Um, maybe we cozy up by the fire with some hot cocoa and play a game, right? Instead of feeling like I need to do, do, do. But then there's like a different level of satisfaction. So it's also easy to change how we feel when we know what works, right? So in the moment, we forget about that low dip on the other side. And so that's why I'm saying when you know that's going to happen, you can anticipate it, right? You can just, this can be one of those ways that you turn, tune into the witness, 
but <laughs> this is the crux in our world because of marketing and technology and all the things, baseline dopamine has kind of become boring to us. We, do, we are not a, a society built around mindfulness and, and we're becoming more and more of a society built around mindfulness. So we're sold at every corner and every turn, find your purpose or this other thing, right? And that's why alcohol is always the marketing for alcohol is always really marketing towards your emotions and what what's wrong about your life, right? Like you should be sexier, you should have um, be you know having more fun with more friends and having these special moments, and their alcohol is required, right? So marketing is always selling you on an emotion. That's how marketing works. And so if you also know that, you could say like, wow, how does this, what what shows up for me when I see this ad, right? Am I like, ooh, that looks perfect, right? Um, there's freaking ads in like my AAA magazine. And I'm just like, get your wine out of my AAA magazine. Like you're not even supposed to be drinking and driving, first of all. <laughs> and I know that it's not all about that. It's like once you get to the destination, right? But I'm like, there's this cute scene with a movie in the back, you know, movie theater outside that they made. And and then there's like the wine for the parents. And I'm like, why isn't it enough? You know? And I, and I was there, I get it, but it's just, it's so, it's, it's sad when I see that it's not just enough that this thing that was so exciting to you, creating this family, this home, putting the, creating the, the, the movie theater space right in the backyard isn't enough. And so what happens is like, that was your purpose. That was your drive. But because we don't pause enough to be mindful of being in that present moment, what happens is we start dopamine stroking or dopamine stacking. And so, you know, you have this lack of contentment only because you're not pausing to be aware. You're lacking satisfaction because you're not pausing to be aware. And now the thing, that's why you associate alcohol with all of your best days and all of your worst days, because you've added this spike of dopamine to an already pleasurable experience. So what you need to do now is to practice experiencing that pleasurable experience and becoming extremely aware of what's happening in your body and in your mind and seeing into the eyes of your loved ones and really letting your values and your intentions lead the experience. Wow. I'm more authentic. Wow. I'm more responsible. Um, I'm kinder. I'm more resilient. I'm more, um, patient, right? So all of the ways that you really miss out on the, 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 the things, the purpose that was driving you and your life to begin with, because alcohol is on top of it. Right? So it's create, alcohol has created so much mental friction and control over your thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. And all you want from it is emotional freedom. It's like, how do I get that? Right? And it's the same thing that creates the pain is also what takes it away. And that's been your only solution. So let me just say this again, the same thing alcohol that has created the pain is also what is now taking it away. The reason that you think you're drinking isn't because you're bored or stressed anymore. It's because your brain is anticipating that extra 
bump of dopamine. And now you cannot be content with all of the amazing work and purpose that you've created in the world. So you need to do a dopamine fast and really dive into the magic of the mundane, the purpose for purpose sake, that this idea that life is supposed to be something more grandiose than the miracle of nature isn't, isn't true. That's something that was created through capitalism and through marketing. Now, can it be more fun? I mean, can you have access to more experiences and in all of these things, you know, say with money or, you know, um, more freedom of mobility, you know, sure, absolutely. However, when you get to that next pursuit, that thing you were pursuing, the, the, existence of that thing doesn't just create sustained happiness or sustained joy. So I remember when we moved into this house, we were so excited about getting this new house and all the possibilities. And the view of our backyard is amazing, especially during this time, because there's a tree line. And then in between the tree line and the mountain behind it is a river. So the steam comes up from the river and it creates this beautiful mist and it's like really cozy and magical. And, um, but you know, I have to intentionally look for that now because it's, it's kind of, I see it every day. So it's not like it's still not beautiful, but a lot of times when I look at the backyard, I think about like this pile of trees that we've cut up where we're going to do some construction in the garden. I haven't watered. Right. So it's like, yes, the pursuit is amazing, but to sustain the pleasure of that pursuit and my purpose I have to dive back into my purpose as a, as a driver, which is like, wow, what's the work in front of me? And even that work that I have to, that I'm choosing to do out in the yard, right? Cause we want to clear the space and make like a little camping spot. Um, if that's the work that's in front of me calling me, well, how do I show up to do that? Do I show up with like, oh man, this is such a drag and such a chore. Or do I show up with the purpose driving like, using my body and kind of getting into like the connecting with the nature and visualizing the space. And, you know, it's a little bit of a workout, right? So the purpose, our purpose is all about how we choose to do something. So when you are, when you are using the same thing that creates the pain to take it away, you get into a rut, right? You can just imagine you're like, it's the cycle, right? And you're just digging yourself a hole deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And so what you get to do now is examine, well, what's the real problem? And the only real problem at this point, I will tell you, is alcohol. Because your life is really awesome. And if you live on planet Earth, <laughs> and I understand there's like people that are going through stuff, right? I get that. We all do. But there are so many resources. We have more access to leisure, pleasure, and things than we ever have across the board, really. And there are places in the world, you know, that don't have running water and they have to, you know, go and and they are working towards their survival, right? And so dopamine stroking in places where people are 
really working towards their survival and their purpose on a, in a very intentional way in this dopamine stacking isn't happening in the same way it is here because we have so much time on our hands, right? So we have to kind of make up those things that are fulfilling to us because connecting with the land and the earth is something that has been taken away from us in our modern world. And that connection sends a message to a part of us where we know we are in direct contact with the source that feeds us, that nourishes us, where we came from, right? And this is the same if you have a deep faith in something, you know? And so if you are listening to this and you have a deep faith in a religion or spirituality, really use that connection and the contentment of that uh, to dive in deeper to your purpose for being here, which is to experience what it's like to be a human, regardless of what era we live in. And the only reason that I think it's become more challenging to experience pleasure or just like contentment being a human is because of these the things that we engage with on a daily basis are constantly increasing these levels of dopamine to unhealthy heights. And then we're dipping down way past our baseline. And so we don't, we're constantly in pain. We're constantly in suffering because like, it's okay to be a little bit bored and just to practice contentment for contentment's sake, where we don't always need to be consuming something, right? We're constantly consuming something that is changing the chemicals in our brain in a way that is not sustainable. And when we know this, we can kind of pay attention to what's going on. So the dopamine is the, is, helps transmit signals in the brain to keep us alive. And it's how we learn. And that is why with the alcohol, you seek pleasure, avoid pain, and you know how to do it well. So these three f- functions of dopamine, movement, pleasure, inefficiency. So that's why at the end of the week, we use alcohol as the reward because we're not in a mindset of pleasure and the pursuit of the pleasure. And because there's no real purpose or we're not focusing on our purpose, we think our purpose is somewhere for us waiting to claim it, right? For so many people that the purpose that we we used to have as humans of sus- really sustaining our life even though we're out working hours for dollars it's it's it does create a different response in the brain where it's like it does it doesn't feel like it's quite as much for our survival now if it is directly for your survival then your dopamine is going to be kicking in in a different way So this is why the anticipation of alcohol is better than the drink. And it's also why you just never want to have one. So we use this for the reward at the end of the week because we are not satisfied 
in the moment. We're not content for contentment's sake because we're always looking outside for the next thing. So mindfulness has to play a role in changing your relationship with alcohol and really diving into the how you are doing it versus the what you're doing. How can I infuse my purpose into everything I do? When the levels of dopamine spike at a proportional level higher to than where you started, you fall even deeper. So making your baseline over time lower. And this is why over the time of drinking, it becomes harder and harder to seek, to find pleasure in some of the things that used to bring you pleasure, right? Things you used to be interested in. Why thinking about going out with your friends without drinking doesn't create as much fun as it did when you were a teenager, right? So that creates the feelings of meaningless and purposelessness. And and then that is, that becomes your norm. And, you know, We are carbon-based beings of nature. We are not computer programs. So we need to really pay attention and connect into the essence of who we are and not just through a screen. This is essential. It will change your life. And then do this in a way where you're not doing that dopamine stacking, where you take a walk and you're in nature for nature's sake, not just to get your walk in and listen to a podcast, but to be with your senses. So the fundamental knowledge and lack of connection to who we are as carbon-based beings is why we're in a dopamine deficit and a crisis in this world. This is why there's so many children that are needing mental health support. This is why even as we become more, um, more successful, you know, as women in the outer world, um, and, and make, you know, start raising, rising in the ranks where, um, middle-aged women are the majority of people on mood stabilizing medications. And that has grown in alignment with how women have grown and risen in power in the world because it is a direct correlation, right? There is this lack of connection with the fundamental knowledge of who we are. And I think it says a lot and it answers a lot of questions and it doesn't have to be that hard. So this is like, for example, right? It's the podcasts while we're working out. It's I've got to meet this deadline versus being able to spend time with our children. TV while eating drinking while engaging in any and everything like I did. I always had a drink with me, you know, kayaking. Um, I would always find the brew pub after we would always go to a new brew pub after we did a big hike, right? So I couldn't just be in that sustained pleasure of the achievement of that hike. Then I had to go add that stack, that dopamine on top of it that took me below my baseline right? And then I never learned to associate that hike with that pleasure. It was always with that extreme pleasure. Now I'm not saying either that you can't change your thoughts and that, you know, 
meeting a deadline isn't is a bad thing by any means, right? But it is when we're doing what we're doing, where's your attention, right? So it's being very intentional, very mindful of literally doing one thing at a time. And I think women have this really beautiful, innate skill of multitasking, right? I remember everything. So I wake up and I'm telling Matthew like, this, 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 and this. And he's like, hold on. I haven't even blunk, like opened my eyes yet. You're going to have to write this down. And I only remember three things at a time is what he tells me. Like if it's a list more than three, it's got to go on paper because he won't remember. And, and that's fine. But I don't think that that multitasking is really serving us. It's not doing us any favors because you can't be fully engaged with more than one thing at a time. It's just not possible. And when you try to be, then everything becomes meaningless because you're not really leading with your purpose. You're not really leading with your intention, right? And with all of your senses, there's a lack of mindfulness, right? And that is in essence what alcohol does when we're adding it to anything we do. It takes away the pleasure of the thing itself. We think it's adding to the pleasure, but it's actually not. It's actually taking away our ability to feel natural pleasure. So you've all experienced this and I've talked about it so much on the show. Why do you think you find peace and calm in nature? Just being in nature always changes your mood. Always, always, always. Or at least it feels supportive when you feel tender, right? It doesn't mean you go from feeling tender and sad to ecstatic and happy, but there's like a comfort in that calm. There's a a holding, right? Because she is our mother. She is our mother. I see her as this beautiful warm embrace when I tune into the essence of this earth that we live on. Presence, contentment is a slightly increased level of dopamine is that one you can sustain, right? When you're just walking through the woods and you're listening to the water, like we live right by a river and it's wild. So there's so many different sounds. Sometimes I'll just listen to it and try to tune into, you know, like the six different types of sounds I'm hearing from the river, ones that are swooshing and bubbling and louder and quieter. And I really try to hear what's closest to me and what's farthest away. That's a really great way to practice presence is listen to the tune into the thing that you can hear the closest to you and the thing that's furthest away from you. That can be a great way to interrupt a craving actually. Um, so if you're in the habit of the cycle of alcohol, you reward yourself. You are feeling good and you don't want it to end, right? So that's me talking about the brew pub at the hike because of this, the thing itself, the pleasure for pleasure's sake loses loses its meaning. And so you go for more every time. It just takes a little while of taking that step back, but you're not just thinking about not drinking the whole time, right? You're like diving into the pleasure that is all around you, right? Or even the, the sensitivity that you feel when you're um, in that final phase of your of your monthly cycle, and you you know really see you're kind of like in this heartfelt tenderness of 
um, noticing the little things about your family or your home or your pets or your, your partner, right? Or even some of the sweet things about yourself and your job. There's, there's a, there's something when we, when we give ourselves permission to not be overwhelmed during the times of our monthly cycle, um, where, where we need extra energy, where we kind of take the to-do list and set it aside. There's something really sweet underneath that tenderness, right? Cause you are, there is some sensitivity. Can that be a good thing? Wow. What if that was a good thing? What if during that time you really paid attention to the sweetness of your life and you really re-examined why would I choose this thing again? Why did I choose this? Why did I want to buy this house so bad and move out to the country? Can I be in the sentiment of that and let that hold me instead of just avoiding that I'm so sensitive and I'm overwhelmed right now? What if there was a different option, a third, fourth, fifth, sixth option? So this is the whole thing, right? You don't wait for for it to knock on your door, your purpose, right? And the more you continue to seek pleasure-seeking behavior, the further it gets away from you because you're training your brain to be less satisfied with the simple pleasures of life, with achievement for achievement's sake, right? Where like we don't, you just have to feel like a badass. Like, yeah, I just did that. I don't need a candy bar, right? Not saying you shouldn't eat candy bars sometimes, but not because you were good, but because like you're just a badass. The satisfaction of a load of laundry folded, finally. (laughs) I always talk about laundry. But man, it's satisfying when the laundry's finally folded. I used to have shows I would watch when I would do laundry. And sometimes I do listen to a podcast when I fold laundry because it's like I'm hiding in the closet and I don't really get a chance to listen to podcasts much. But um, So I'm not saying don't ever do that, but notice how much you're doing it. And laundry doesn't, you know, have that big of a dopamine increase, but it might for some people. But, you know, especially when you're doing stuff like working out, when you're out on a walk in nature, when you're spending time with your family, look at how many other sensory things are going on. Turn the TV off when you're eating, please. Enjoy your food. I always try to talk about, um, we have these connection cards we use at the table and you know, I try to really tune into thinking about where our food came from. We just bought some salmon actually from some local um, native um, fishermen and it was amazing. And it was just this really beautiful experience to buy like right from them. And it came right, you know, direct from source and it's part of their culture. And that's like a really beautiful ritual that unfortunately, um, you know, a lot of their access to the rivers have been taken away, but it felt really special to have that connection, um, with these, with the, these people that are directly connected to the land. And that has been part of literally their people. The salmon is, um, is part of who they are. So we talk about that. Um, and that feels really special. So, do this because you love this life, right? Do this because it's your opportunity to find emotional freedom. So how do you find your 
purpose is, well, you need to take a break from all of the dopamine enhancing things that you're doing. And it's not just alcohol, but we can start there. You need to do one thing at a time and feel really good about it and be present and focused. So what is your life right now calling your attention? So this is, there's this, um, word in Sanskrit called, it's a term called Dharma and it probably has many different, you know, interpretations and you might have a different meaning of it if you know what it is. And for me, I have always felt like my Dharma is my life's work right now, but that I'm but but it's presenting itself to me as an opportunity to learn about how I can utilize the essence of who I am to create solutions versus problems, right? So I have to ask myself, what's the work? What's my work right in front of me? There's always something that is calling you right now, right? Emmett is my work right in front of me to teach him, right? This beautiful opportunity I've had to, to do this podcast, right? And so it's the essence of how I'm projecting the intrinsic quality of who I am in this moment, right? So it, and it changes, but it's always the essence. When I was a kid, um, I was a really good helper, right? I wonder, I maybe have been as a little brown noser. I don't know, but I was compassionate and I loved to help. I loved to to be my mom's helper and to just be like, I'll clean that up and do the things. And of course I loved the praise for it. Um, but it was easy for me. I liked being tidy anyway. So I would, I would be the, the little kid that would help like clean up the table after. Um, when I was a teenager, I was a great friend, right? You can tell me a secret. I will never tell anyone. I am like such a good secret keeper. Um, I, in serving people, making conversations and connections, right? So I was in customer service forever. And I remember I always used to really um, infuse my intention when I would go, like other days I waited tables forever. And I would be like, you know, this is these, this is someone's reward at the end of their week for them. How can I make this the best experience? And so I was, you know, really conversational and just like me and super laid back. And we would have this rapport and it made my day, it made my experience better to be connecting. Like I wasn't just there, here's your food. It was like, no, I'm actually connecting with these people and helping them enjoy their experience more. So that was my work. Was it my purpose, you know, to serve tables, wait tables? At that moment, I made a bunch of money doing it. But like, <laughs> I I did. I traveled the world, served waiting tables, right? And I enjoyed it, right? I also drank a lot while I did it too. Um, as I got older, my ability for being personable and my zest for life and seeking what was also made people like being around me, right? So what are the the things that you're naturally good at? Like, why do people, how do you make people feel when they're around you? You know, and that is something that you can say, that's my purpose here, right? My purpose here is to be the responsible one, to be the one that someone can go to, to um, be the listener, to be the one that gives the advice, right? So that's your dharma is your work in front of you right now, but you can infuse it with your how, with your essence, 
So when I knew I wanted to start my own business, but I did not set out to be an alcohol coach, like this was not part of the plan, my friends, in any way, shape or form, right? So, but I knew I wanted to help people with mindfulness and embodiment and work with women and all of the amazing things that I had done, but this work was placed in front of me in a way that I couldn't say no. And it's been the biggest blessing of my life. And as much as it feels like it's in alignment with my purpose, it's very challenging. And there's times when I don't want to show up and do it. And you know, there's times when I don't feel good, but I remind myself of my purpose. And what I've really been able to tune into on the other side of alcohol is that the purpose isn't just about the achievement, but it is that that practice of just experiencing me. So it's given me the opportunity to to practice my strengths and my weaknesses without so much, you know, attachment to what's right and wrong, where I've really been able to step out of the story of achievement. And we're always looking for this next big thing to find happiness. And I can just be with what is. And of course, it's not always as easy depending on the time of the day and the cycle of the month and the phase of the moon. But the time in between where I'm feeling, you know, so unsatisfied with life or like I'm searching for something outside of myself. And I think a really good cue for this is when you feel a sense of urgency. Urgency is always to me when I think something has to be done right now. Um, I really question the why, because that's like something outside of me needs to change. Um, But there's never an emergency, right? Emergencies are happening very few and far between. And then, you know, you're having a whole different process. You're actually, you know, actually responding in fight or flight for a reason for your survival. So, um, you know, we have to really look at the place where we find the most meaning, the things that we really wanted in our lives that we have that sometimes do turn into problems, right? Being a parent, like I was saying earlier about the house, when we always focus on the next thing, the next high, we miss the pursuit. And then we also miss the goal, the presence of that thing in our life. We miss the achievement. So presence is key. Questioning your stories about why you think you can't. Proving yourself wrong and then doing it anyway. There's this uh, quote by Mark Twain that is, um, I've had a lot of worries in my life, most of which never happened right? So we're missing the present moment because we're so worried about the future and we're basing the future on the past, but we get to create the future. So if we're in the present moment and we're like, this is happening, it's going to fuel how you show up for the future. If you're only thinking in lack and scarcity, well, yeah, that's how you're going to show up for the future. But if you're super content and satisfied and in the action of the pursuit or even validating um, a time where you're feeling more sensitive, then the energy that's coming behind that, that's going to fuel the next decision you make is going to come from such a different place. 
It's because we're living in a perpetual state of self-induced fight or flight. That's this quote. I've had a lot of worries in my life, most of which never happened, right? So we're, we're setting ourselves up for to be in a constant state of stress of things that aren't actually ever happening. So the first step is awareness. Of course, it's the end of the day. My energy is spent. I'm watching YouTube videos. Why? What am I so like, why am I doing this? Right? So it's because we, we have a reserve, right? So we try to fill up through this, this kind of false sense of dopamine, but what is it giving me? Right? Nothing. It's not, and I'm not saying don't watch YouTube videos, but like when why and where, right? So something that I started doing besides just stacking pleasure, which I also have, I've had a tendency to eat chocolate in between like some of the transitions in my days, right? Um, And so what I started doing is chiming a bell. I have bells in my studio. And so I'll chime a bell or I'll play some music. I leave my ukulele out. I'll do something that's going to give me pleasure or be in that transition without giving me like a bigger spike of dopamine that actually doesn't have any really like long-term lasting benefits. And then if there's something I really want to have more information about, but I know my going onto YouTube at the end of a workday is definitely this dopamine stroking a hundred percent. And then what happens? My, my energy levels are depleted. My cognitive ability is depleted. And so I'm kind of in a fight or flight mode already and my mental stores. And then the, the way that the information affects my brain and my thinking is so much different. It actually creates, can create more of a trigger of fight or flight. So I'm very mindful about when I take in information and what and what it is. Um, you don't want to take in that kind of information, you know, maybe the news or something like at the end of the day, right? You want to be um, in a place where you can be more objective and grounded and not in a place where you're already feeling a little bit low level energy and you're using this thing kind of as like this reward pleasure, but now it's having a negative consequence, right? So awareness is the first step. I am doing this. I see that I'm stacking this dopamine. And then the education piece is doing something different. Like I said, I have my singing bowls or I, you know, um, go for a walk without my phone. Um, I pull out my ukulele. So I learn some different things or just like lay down, right? Legs up the wall. That's a great way to transition to get some energy for the rest of your evening after work is putting your legs up the wall for five minutes. Um, a walk without any stimulus after work is a great way to transition into the evening. So, um, something else, and this is another example, Matthew, my partner, he has been in this habit of working. He's a contractor. And for the last like several years, listening to audiobooks or listening to podcasts while he's working and he realized his kind of zest for his work and focus was really starting to wane. And he was definitely resistant to when I was talking about dopamine, but, um, I sent him a podcast that I'll put in the show notes, um, that really explains the neuroscience behind it. And so he's really, he's been trying to do this dopamine fast where he's made a shift and, um, unless he's doing some real mundane task like painting or laundry or something like that. But when he's really needing to focus and measure and be accurate, he's really putting his pleasure into the pursuit of being more efficient, quicker, better, right? More perfection, right? In, in his own way. And already he's seeing a shift in the 
the natural um, enthusiasm that's coming back for his work, his satisfaction, his mood, right? Maybe his testosterone, we'll see. (laughs) Um, And so... Yeah. Like, so that's the education piece, right? It's like what, like testing it, evaluating it, evaluating it. Right. And that's the last part is the growth practicing presence. You, you are the purpose. Find your Dharma. What is the work in front of me? Who needs where my attention is and how can I put more of me into this work instead of like half-assing my attention, right? Like Matthew's doing all this cutting and making these beautiful bathrooms and doing this stuff, but he's really more like focused on the story going on over here. And then it's like, of course, the satisfaction for the work in front of him is kind of waning, right? Of course, right? So, and then you, you have the growth where you, you commit, it might be a little challenging at first. I might be a little resistant at first, but I'm going to commit and I'm going to show up again and I'm going to show up again and I'm going to show up again. And then I'm going to get to have the evidence. Wow. That it did make a change, right? So you gather evidence to the contrary of what is limiting you. And we do this with alcohol by generating evidence of being super present with the things that are bringing us natural pleasure and focus on that versus focusing on the alcohol. What are you naturally good at? Has it turned into a problem? And I find, you know, that is really where when we start to see that our gifts and our blessings are problems, we really have to take a step back and say, what's the different perspective here? What is something that you have overcome? How did you do that? So you already have a skill of having learned something, having pursued something, having trained for something, having gotten really good at something. How did you do that? Was it just overnight? No. Remember that. Gather evidence from your past. Gather evidence from what's around you. And what have you done recently that appeared harder than it, than it was, right? You're like, oh, I'm dreading this, right? And you go do it. And it was like, Oh, actually, I'm like really good at this, or that was enjoyable, or this was easy, right? What was that thing? So you want to gather up some evidence that your brain isn't always accurate. So we we want to use alcohol to kind of check out of the stressors, right? But in that, we're checking out of ourselves. So so the next tool that you can use is when to check out of like the cultural implications that create the stress, but to check in to you, check in and what's going on on the inside, check in to your connection, check in with your people. So we can check out of our heads by checking in with what's happening with us. You have that sacred time to sit with yourself and really feel. Um, I shifted a practice that I've been doing recently, my just my yoga practice that I do every single day. And I started getting up a little bit earlier and it's dark out now and lighting a candle. And, you know, I had kind of stopped doing that. And, and I sit for a while first and I just feel. And just lighting that candle in the dark is such a sacred moment to just remind myself, this isn't required. This is for a reason. This is to drive your purpose. This is to experience the pleasure of being alone with yourself, right? We always talk about like not having enough time, but there's always a way, right? Get up earlier, go to bed earlier. So you know what it's like to be in pursuit of something. Feel that and create and know your why, So your why is your intention. 
Why is it important for you to change your relationship with alcohol? Why, why did you start the pursuit of this thing, of this family, of this career, of this, whatever it is, right? It's something, you know, we need to tap into this, this, this essence or else we're just waiting for like fireworks to go off for us and no one's lighting the fireworks for you, right? It's the why that you have to lead with. And then that connects you with that super, that deep meaning that really lights you up, right? And you see it all the time, weddings, uh, vacation, graduation, babies, you know, we see it in this buildup of, of all these pursuits. And then we kind of let ourselves down at the end because we were expecting something outside of ourselves to be different. But what really happened was, you know, was our thoughts were projecting something that was outside of us to make us feel better, but all we needed to do, right? So then it's like, of course you drink, was to really tap back into that why, to that purpose, into the pleasure of the pursuit of the same thing, right? So this is biology. This is your natural cycles and rhythms. So nothing has gone wrong. You just have to know you can't, you know, you can't exacerbate the dopamine in your brain without having a huge crash. Every, every month you're going to have times when your estrogen levels dip, right? Every full, you know, a cycle of the moon, right? Whether or not you're experiencing the same amount of estrogen, you're going to have, you have natural cycles and rhythms and that's okay. These are facts. So place it and know that nothing has gone wrong. And if you don't replace your dopamine levels, you, you will crash and burn. You, if you don't give yourself time to replenish that, and you can also just know that nothing has gone wrong. And when we sit with our pain, we also bring in the emotion of validation. It's okay to be bored. It's okay that things are a little lackluster right now. Everyone experiences this. This is life and that's okay because there's always going to be something else that's exciting. There's always going to be the next thing to pursue, right? I know for me, I'm excited when my time off comes away from work, but man, I can't wait to get back to work because it grounds me in my, in a different purpose, right? So it's like a shift of my pursuit when I'm with my family and I'm connecting outside in nature and kind of my, my like little personal me time hobbies. And then I'm connecting with people and creating content. So it's like, it's finding these different facets of our lives, um, where we experience different types of pleasure in our subjective interpretation of them. Experience magic in the mundane through your embodied presence, through your senses, how I started this show, what's alive outside. Well, how does that alive in what's inside within you? So instead of YouTube videos, right after work, I ring a bell. I leave my phone at home when I go for walks out in nature, one pleasure experience at a time. Let that be your goal for this week. Dopamine stacking creates a big crash. Alcohol is an unnaturally high spike with no sustainable reward. In fact, it really doesn't have any long-term benefits at all. Um, it's actually the opposite of it. It creates a deficit. 
It is the problem and the solution to the pleasure and the pain. When anything is the solution and the problem to the pleasure and the pain, you must question its validity, right? Maybe it's not what it's cracked up to be, right? We've got to call a spade a spade here. Um, And that creates some grief, man, right? It's just like, ah, I want this to be something different, but it's not that. And I've got to accept it and I've got to move on. There's other, there's, you got, you got things to do. You have other things to do. And yeah, it feels like a lie and there is some grief, but man, once you get over that, it's so much better. It's like, thank goodness. I am so glad I'm done with those days. Here are some new thoughts you can think. This is how I take care of myself. This is mental hydration versus like mental dehydration, right? My problems are actually my greatest blessings. I just need to rejuvenate my appreciation for them. The pleasure is in being present with the pursuit. So what is one area you can pay attention to this week? Notice the pleasure in the pursuit of alcohol this week. Just the pleasure of how the pursuit feels. And then how do you feel when you get excited to drink? How does that feel in your body? What if you just stayed there, not thinking about drinking, but what if you just stayed in the experience in your body and then transmuted it into something else? An orgasm, a dance party, a fierce conversation, right? A big hug, a project. Can you allow that emotion to just be? Can you cry it out? Can you scream into the void, right? Can you do a workout and put all of that energy of that excitement to drink into something else and then feel the pleasure in the release of that emotion without the booze and you will feel a spike of dopamine. I love you. You're amazing. And I can't wait to talk to you again next week. Have an amazing week. If a life of deeper self-mastery and feminine embodiment is calling you, but alcohol is the one constant in your way, I want to invite you to check out my one-on-one coaching program. It's your opportunity to apply the tools and principles from the show to your life one step at a time. Together, we create the safe and sacred container to explore the habit of alcohol, the power of choice, and awaken your inner light. Schedule a complimentary alignment session where I will help you uncover the next best step for you on your journey of discovering what's possible on the other side of alcohol. Follow the link in the show notes or on my website, marywagstaffcoach.com. I can't wait to connect.